The Beat Church in Pflugerville, Texas. Bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Church app and everything is always available for you there, including giving, which you can give through the app, you can give online, you can also give, there's a blue box here in the back. Um, the Lord loves a cheerful giver and I am excited because of all of the things that uh, God is doing through your guys' giving in this church. It's been amazing. The foster closet, the different things, uh, helping people with medical expenses and rent, and of course this facility, which isn't free and does cost money, so we really appreciate you guys um, being so generous and giving. All right, and that's all I got for you. I'm going to pass it off to Pastor Andy. Amen. All right. Thank you, Courtney. All right, we're actually going to start, um, before I preach, um, I'm going to bring up Lucas today. And, you know, the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. That's what God did for us, right? Jesus died for us, rose again. And then it says, and by the word of their testimony, right? And so there's this part that we play in both our own deliverance and overcoming, right, is that we begin to testify and talk about what God's done, but also in helping others see the hope that God has for us. So uh, Lucas has uh, graciously volunteered to share some of his testimony. So uh, listen, because this isn't just what God did for Lucas. This may be what God wants to do for you or a loved one. And so just hear testimony of the goodness of God. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And how about that worship? That was so good. Mm. And not only that, if you guys aren't connected in a group or just coming to see anyone or anything like that, y'all should because we have so many amazing things about this church, so uh, it's incredible. I, I love our church so much. <laughs> um, so what I want to do is, for one, is obviously share my testimony, but what is church? It's a place where we come, we get equipped, and we need to grow, but um, we need to be vulnerable to grow. So is it okay if we get a little, little vulnerable right now? Yeah. All right, good deal. So I'm gonna start here. I wrote it down so I don't hiccup or anything, okay? Uh, so about three years, wait, sorry. About three years into my walk with Jesus, I had seen multiple healings, uncountable prophetic words, uh, words of knowledge, and so many more gifts flow through my life and through the lives around me. I'd seen so many people come to know Jesus and seen so many experience the love of the Father. In that time, I never spent a second away from Jesus. Uh, I was interning at a church. I actually lived at the church. Uh, I was working in every ministry in the church, from men to women, young adults, um, youth, and not so young adults. And um, it's okay to laugh. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I had seen the ins and outs of church, uh, and uh, I ate, slept, and breathed Jesus pretty much 24-7. It's what I believe is the depiction of what the disciples' life uh, were like when they were walking with him. But about that three-year mark, um, that's where I started noticing areas in my life uh, where I was allowing the enemy into it. I slowly stopped reading my Bible, stopped uh, visiting the quiet place, stopped hosting Bible studies, having one-on-one -on -one meetings with other believers, stopped praying for so many people that I saw on the street, and virtually stopped praying altogether. As I began, as I began this path um, of not seeking the Father, I became very anxious, worrisome, easily triggered, and highly depressed. Uh, each of these grew significantly in my life in such a short amount of time that one day I finally looked back at my life and questioned why so many bad things had to happen to me. I'd forgotten all the amazing times I had experienced with Jesus and even pushed myself to believe that he was no longer with me. 
until ultimately I let this, let this depression, anxiety, and anger get the best of me. And finally, when I reached the point, uh, or when I reached that point, I believed that my life wasn't worth it anymore. Not the hurt from losing people, uh, not worth the anger built up inside me, not worth the sleepless nights of questioning every single thought, and not worth the pain. The next day, I had made up my mind that I'd end it all. Sparing you guys the specific details, uh, there was a 0% chance of survival. So, uh, as I sat there, tears running down my face, I was ready to end it all. I had an apology letter written out to my family, and my mind had been made up. But there, in those last few moments, um, all of a sudden, I just heard that small, still, uh, still small voice reminding me of sonship. He began speaking encouraging words over me, reminding me of visions I'd had in the past, dancing with him, bringing back to memory every single prayer that had been answered, and blessing he'd poured out, and family members he had saved, and telling me that he would die on the cross over and over again if it meant that I was his. God ruined my plan that day to end everything, and I rejoice in that. You see, I was ready to go and give in, but God had other plans. Here are just a few things that he had in store for me had I not listened. He prepared for me a beautiful wife, <laughs> a thriving marriage, an incredible new family and church family, encouraging friends, and blessings beyond what I ever believed I deserved. And maybe just in these few minutes that I got to speak here with you today, um, that it would encourage you not to give up just yet because God has something in store for you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lucas. Just good, Gary. Uh, all right, let's take a minute and pray over that. You know, you might be in here and you look around. A lot of times the mistake people make when they come to church is they walk in and they think, oh, man, everybody's doing so good, right? Look at that guy. has got a great smile. Look how great that person looks. They're so awesome. And a lot of times we don't know what other people have gone through. We don't know what they've dealt with. And so, you know, here, you know, Lucas is, uh, he's still got great hair, and he's still thinking about possibly not worth being here anymore, right? I mean, that's a heavy, right? But that's a reality. Sometimes the people that are smiling at you on the outside, right, are really hurting on the inside. And if you're in that place right now, then it's okay to come out and say, hey, to somebody, I'm in that place. Just because you're a Christian and you're at church doesn't mean you have to come in all the time and say, hey, I'm perfect, everything's awesome, my kids are the best, and my marriage is the best, and my life is the best. It's okay to be vulnerable and be open and say, I need help. You know, I love Jesus, and, and I'm trying, but I'm struggling right now. Emotionally, mentally, I'm going through some stuff. Because God wants you to be able to come to him, right, and to become to your brothers and sisters that he puts you in family with. So let's bow our heads. If you're here today and you are going through a struggle uh, that's got you uh, feeling like it's not worthwhile anymore to keep trying, or that's giving up emotionally or mentally or even giving up on life altogether, whatever the case might be, uh, God wants you to have a message right now of hope, to put your trust in him, your hope in him. You know, tomorrow, God has great things in store for you, okay? It's one day at a time. God's going to begin to bring those blessings and those things into your life as you follow him. So, Lord, I pray over everybody right now, God, that's with us right now in this room, Lord, even people that are watching with us online, God, I pray against a depression, discouragement, Lord, just, a, 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 just an attack of the enemy to cause him to want to give up. Lord, we pray right now faith and hope. God, Lord, you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would bring soundness of mind, Lord, wholeness of spirit, Lord, to people, Lord, that they would be able to uh, receive your grace, Lord, they would be able to receive your mercy and be encouraged today in you, Lord. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to uh, get into the Holy Spirit. We're doing demystifying the Holy Spirit is the topic we're on because we hear about the Holy Spirit all the time, 
and you hear about all these different aspects of the Holy Spirit. There's different interpretations of the Holy Spirit, who He is, what He does, and I kind of hit on it last week a little bit. You know, depending on what you're watching or listening to, you know, you might think that He's, you know, the cosmic comedian that just sits up there and makes people laugh and stay up all night and comes down and, and tickles them, you know, with the wind of the Spirit and stuff. It's like, oh, we were laughing all night or crying, you know, He sit on the couch of the Holy Spirit and He brings all the emotions out of you. Or just the power, and you come in and you throw your hands out, and people are dropping on the ground, and the power's moving. There's all these things. And so, depending on how you grew up, what your background is, or what you've been watching on TV or listening to on a podcast, you may have a very different view. And so, last week, if you missed it, you can go back and listen to it. But we jumped into just some of the things that the Holy Spirit does. And we started back at Genesis as a part of creation and just the different things that He worked. Uh, throughout history, and you can tell by what somebody does, kind of who they are. It tells you about them. So we looked at that, and then today we're actually going to look at one specific story in the Bible where the Holy Spirit was at work, and see what we can pull out of that for our own lives and how the Holy Spirit might want to work with us. And so we're going to go to Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 35, and this is the Holy Spirit at work in the birth of Jesus. And so it's not Christmas time, but it's not just a Christmas story, it's a life story, but we're going to see how the Holy Spirit's at work in here. So let's jump in and read. I'll start here on verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Doesn't that sound great? Wouldn't you love that? You know, it's like when somebody comes in, they start, you know, telling you something really nice, right? You're not used to them telling you something really nice, right? How do you normally feel when that happens? Like waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? It's like the kids come in, they're like, you're the best dad ever. You know, you're such a great dad. Have you been getting in shape, dad? You're looking really good. Did you want to walk or something? Because you're looking more tan, your head's looking so beige today. You're awesome, Dad. And we're sitting there, I'm like, okay, what, what do you want? Right? I go, oh, nothing. We just love you. Okay, thank you for loving me. What's next? Right? That kind of happens when you have people in your life and they're telling you something good. And we wait for the other shoe to drop. Well, this is the angel. Do angels do that? They probably shouldn't, but I think they kind of do, at least in this verse. They come out with the big, the, oh, you're favored. Oh, things are good for you. And then the other shoe does drop in the next verse as Mary's sitting there waiting. She's like, okay, well, what's going to happen? Well, here you go. Here comes the next verse. And she knew it was coming. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered, what kind of greeting might this be? This sounds really nice. Like, what kind of greeting is this? Like, I'm highly favored and blessed. And why are you showing up out of nowhere to tell me that? Like, what's going on? And that to me is the first sign right there, is when God comes into your life and starts to call you forward to something, right? He builds confidence, right? In the Bible, he went to Gideon, who was hiding out because the enemy was raiding their land, and he was hiding because he was scared, and the angel of the Lord comes in and says, you're a mighty warrior. Go in the strength you have. Just gives him this building up confidence and tells him he's doing great. Well, he's hiding. He's not confident. He's not a mighty warrior. He's not doing good, but he speaks this to him. And obviously, if you're getting it's like, okay, something's about to happen right now. Something's going on. And so God does this. He comes in and he speaks life and he speaks value and he speaks encouragement. And when he does that, 
it's usually because there's something else he's about to ask us to do. He's building us up for a purpose, right? Like, well, I've just been in a season where God's just blessing me and loving on me and telling me I'm fantastic and enjoy because he's probably getting ready to start asking you to step out of your comfort zone and to do something, to live a life that's beyond your limits. Because if you are living for God and you are going to follow him and the things that he asks you to do, then you will, without any question, have to live a life beyond your limits. That is not for debate. It's not possible to truly follow God and live within your limits. Can't happen, won't happen, never happens. You can't read a Bible story where somebody lives within their limits that's following God. God asked Abraham to leave everything behind and to move out and to go to a place that he never knew. He asked David to slay Goliath. He asked Esther to go before the king when it threatened her life to die there. And here he's coming to Mary, who's just minding her own business, trying to get married and have a nice little life with a couple of sheep. They didn't have dogs back then. They had a little sheep. You know, hard to sleep with a sheep. But little sheep, and that's what they had. And she's like, this is going to be my life. It's fantastic. But no, here she finds out she's pregnant. She's going to have a baby. And so here's the story as it goes on, and she's getting troubled already. He hasn't even dropped the bomb yet, and she's like, okay, I'm nervous. Like, I know when Joseph flatters me, he wants me to do something. When the angel's flattering me, I know something's about to happen. And so the angel then tells her, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Now, why if somebody finds favor, do you need to warn them not to be afraid? Right? Usually, like, if you find favor, like, good news, you know? I had uh, some work done on my new car yesterday, minor work. And uh, Justin sent his guy over, a very great guy, because uh, his business is growing. Don't go broke auto, by the way. It's growing. Praise God. He gives me $4 every time I say that. Um, <laughs> but he comes over, right? And he says, hey, it's a nice car. And I'm like, okay, except what? Okay, what's next? What's next? Right? Because you're waiting for like the mechanics to tell you, hey, your car looks pretty good. But turns out it was just pretty good. That was the end of the story for him. He's like, it's really good. You got a good car. I'm like, thank God. Finally. Finally. This one's not going to be a bad car. But there's this thing when we start to get kind of pulled in by God, and we start to feel comfortable, and we're starting to get, okay, this is relaxed, okay, I'm starting to feel good, that God is really setting us up for takeoff. You ever watch those NASA things where they shoot the shuttle up, right? What do they do? They get them all ready, they put them in the shuttle, they get strapped down, they get back in their seat, they get their belt on, like everything's safe and comfortable. Every, up to that point, everything they're doing is about what? Safety, comfort, a good fit for me. I'm ready to go. Checking the systems. Like, everything's really good. And it's all about just getting it all lined up. And then all of a sudden, when it actually is getting ready to go, what happens? Boom! Some, I mean, you're going like 10,000 miles an hour. And your face is like doing that thing. Right? It's just like, ah, skin stretching out, eyes are bugging back, you know, you're trying to talk, but you can't. Right? All that's happening because it's not working? No, because it's working. Like, that's what happens. Like, when you got on that ship and you climbed in and you started buckling in and feeling safe and feeling powerful, and you're like, everybody's watching me on TV right now. Countdown's starting because I'm the astronaut. <laughs> I'm the man. And you're feeling good about it. 
That takeoff, my face is plastered against my seat. It was coming the whole time. The knot in your stomach that I would throw up if I could, but nothing can get out of me because it's all being pressed back inside of me feeling. All of that was part of it. And you're locked in now. You're going. Yesterday, I was riding with my son, and he's like, my goal, Dad, for Typhoon Texas is to go on the drop slide this summer. I'm like, okay, why is that a goal? Like, is it hard to get on? Is it scary? He's like, oh, it's scary. It's scary stuff. And I go, really? He's like, yeah, I went once on fifth grade to impress a girl, but I've never been on since. I said, okay. So he went on. I said, is it the one with the coffin on the top? He's like, yep, that's it. So years ago, we were at a different water park, and they had the same one, and there's a glass coffin on the top. And I took Krista and Alicia up there. We walked all the way up, round and round. I didn't look down because I don't like heights. Right, this is a little high for me. That's why I'm back from the edge. And we're going up, 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 up. And I don't look down. I get to the top, and the whole time I'm telling myself, when I get up there, I'm stepping in that thing, and I'm going down, I'm showing my girls what manhood and dadhood and all this is about. Strength, power, no fear. And I literally psyched myself into this mode the whole way up, and I was just like locked in, ready to go. You ever been locked in on something? I'm ready to go. Right? I'm ready. This is happening. I get up there. I don't listen to anybody. I walk up. It's my turn. I step over. I step into the glass coffin. Now, I've watched everybody else. What they do is they shut the door. They go three, two, one, hit the button, and you drop, and you're gone. That's it. And I'm focused. Step in. The guy goes to shut the door, and just as it shuts, he creaks it back open, leans in, and no joke, he says, are you ready to be terrified? No, he, fact, he said that. And whatever I had gotten into in this mode, immediately I snapped out of it. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I am not ready to be terrified. And I pushed the glass door open, and I stepped out of it, and I walked by both of my girls, and they're like, dad, dad, dad. And I just like walked right past them, ignored them, and just started winding down the steps. Went back to my little picnic table thing and just sat down. And the rest of the day, they tried to get me to go back on there. And I couldn't get back in the zone. It was over. All these years later, I still can't get back in the zone. <laughs> if the guy had shut the door, counted to three, and pushed the button, I wouldn't even be scared of heights anymore. But he ruined me. How's that happen? Well, sometimes we get into this thing where God is prepping us, right? You have favor. I'm ready for you. And he's getting us in this zone to, like, start to do something for him. That's outside of our comfort zone. It's outside of our limits. Building our confidence, building our hope, building our faith, and everything's working, and I'm about to go talk to my neighbor and invite him over. I'm about to, you know, restore this relationship, or I'm about to start this business, or I'm about to get into this ministry, or I'm about to, there's something God's getting us ready for. We get all the way there, and we start to get in, and we're like, all right, Lord, I'm ready to go, three, two, and then something happens. Either someone happens, you know, sometimes people happen, right? People happen. That's a t-shirt. This happens, and all of a sudden, the zone we're in, just boom, we're out of it. We're like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. There's no way I could do that. Forget it. Forget I ever asked. Sorry I sent that email and even asked you about that topic. I, I, I don't want anything to do with it. I'm out. Let's just forget it. And we back out of whatever God's been asking us to do. Whatever he's put on our heart, whatever he's made us for. And we go back to a safe place. We're going to live in safety. 
No, it's more comfortable here. It got a little scary. It got a little hard there. But I was so close. I was so close. I mean, imagine David and Goliath that way. Right? Imagine the amount of faith and focus and lock-in you have to have to go, little guy going out there against a big old giant with a sword and a spear, and you got a slingshot. Just imagine that. It's like picking up the stones, focus. Folks, I got it. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing's going to stop me now. I'm a perfect shot. I've never missed, except for the last time and the last time. But I've never missed. I'm good. I'm awesome. Ready to go. Thank you, God. You're with me. You're with me. And he steps out. He gets all the way up there, and the giant's there, and he starts to load his sling, and somebody from the crowd's like, you're going to miss. Five bucks says he can't even hit him in the side. And David's like, where am I right now? That guy's huge. And he just drops the sling and runs away. That's what happens to a lot of us. God gets us so close to doing something great that would be impactful. And right when we get there, someone or something happens and it's like, you're going to miss. You're a loser. You're like, maybe I am. I'm out. We quit. So here's Mary. She gets this news. She says, don't be afraid. You found favor. Don't be afraid. We're just going for a walk three stories up and getting on a slide. Don't be afraid. It's going to be fun. I'm with you. It's going to be awesome. Goes on. He says, you will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. How many of you have goals for your kids? Right? I hope my kid just gets out of middle school, please. Please, God. Please. I hope they just get out of high school. I hope I don't get another call from a teacher this week. Lord, please. I hope my kid learns to walk without falling on their face. Please, Lord. Just give me me a little... Help. My daughter just started driving. And I won't say another word. <laughs> because if I did, it'd be a family feud. But she just started driving. Praise God. How many of you have hopes and dreams for your kids when they enter into new things in their life, right? She had hopes and dreams, I'm sure, for her kids. Do you think this was her hope and dream? You're going to give birth to a son. He's going to be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of your father's David. Oh, he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. Not just for a while. Forever. His kingdom will never end. That's pretty big. When God comes to give you something to birth, it is bigger than your ability. It's bigger than your plans. Ephesians 3.20 is one of the verses that we started this church on. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or imagine. If whatever you have going on in your life right now that you're dreaming of, hoping for, and wanting to put together is very comfortable and it's right within what you want to do, it's not your calling. If you don't need God for it, then it's your idea, which is different. Because when God brings us a calling, God brings us forward to do something, it's always beyond us because it's Him. And so what happens is that when you start to feel some of that nervousness, that fear, that anxiety, those different things going on, it's like, okay, well, maybe this is just me and it's too big for me. I'm probably thinking too big. No, you're just getting on the cusp of what maybe God is actually calling you to do. 
And that's why it takes faith to walk in it and to be able to do that. And so we go to the next verse. She says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? How will this be since I'm unable? How will this be since I have no way of even making this happen? How will this be since I'm not skilled, talented, I don't have a good enough background, I'm not smart enough, I'm not able, like there's some deficiency, there's some inability, I don't know enough people, I don't have connections, I don't have whatever it is. How can this be because I am not able? I don't have a way to do this. This is where the Holy Spirit comes in. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So the Holy Spirit's work here in this story is that there's a calling from God to do something that's greater and bigger than the person being called to is able to do. So now we have a problem. We have a desire from God to work something out in and through the life of a person, but the person's lack, inability, weakness, whatever the case might be, gets in the way of what God is wanting to do. And so what does God do? God sends the Holy Spirit to come in, and the Holy Spirit then comes upon the person and brings to life what God has called to happen. Not of her works and labor, but of the Holy Spirit moving upon her. And in this story, in a very physical, real way, sometimes God does it that way. Sometimes it's in our emotions. Sometimes it's in our mind. Sometimes it's in our relationships and environment. But when God calls, then the next thing that he does is he brings the Holy Spirit in to actually bring to life. We saw that last week when we talked about Genesis, right? God's wanting to bring creation, so he sends his Spirit to begin to hover over and to brood over the darkness and the void, and everything begins to come to life and to order. So the Holy Spirit comes and brings to life what God is calling in the person that he wants to work in and through. Okay, so in your life, maybe you have something going on. You're like, man, I just I feel this desire and this thing. And God keeps putting it on me, but I don't know how to do it. I don't think I'm able. I don't think I can. We depend upon then the Holy Spirit to help us to do that. We depend on the Holy Spirit to move in us, to give us wisdom, to give us strength, to give us ability, to give us everything that we need in order to make that step and to do it, and then we step it out in faith. If you're living a life that's beyond your limits, that's what God will do. So I'm going to read that verse one more time, and I'm going to go to these other points. But the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And that last part, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God, is that when there's only one way for it to happen is that God did it. Who gets the glory? God. Right? Matt talked about it. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. When you're going through things and you're feeling like there's something God's calling you to do, and there's like, there's no way for this to happen. I can't restore that relationship. You know, I can't overcome this depression. I don't know how to get rid of this anxiety. I don't know how to start that ministry. I don't know how to start that business. I don't know how to do whatever the case is. I can't. When he comes upon you and you're spending time with the Lord in prayer and in his word and he begins to fill you with faith and gives you the strength and begins to open the doors and the thing begins to happen, and people say, how did you do that? It was God. And so in this case, this will be called the Son of God. So in your case, 
that same thing happens is, oh, this must be the work of God. This must be the work of God for that to happen. You know, Kristen's got a similar story. I'm not going to share details about because she's not sharing details yet. But God gave her an idea for a business invention, and she's working on it. She's never done that before. But God gave her an idea. She checked it out with some people that were in the field that she's looking at. And they're like, yeah, actually, we, this probably is a big deal. We need this. Now she's working on all the processes of trying to get a patent, trying to get a production, trying to do all these things. It wasn't her own thing. She never even wanted to be in that field. But God gave her an idea, birthed it, and now what's she doing? She's trying to figure all of it out. Somebody's going to later say, well, how did you do that? She's going to be like, God gave me an idea, and I just stepped out and tried, tried to walk it out. It's a God thing. You know, I had a friend in uh, Vancouver when we lived there, Daniel Stark, and he was an engineer. And he was an engineer that had this idea of building some new kind of foundation that you drop in the ground, and then you could lock like cell towers and railroad tracks and things onto where you just, once that piece of foundation is dropped, it's almost like a Lego lock thing where you just lock and you can go as high as you want, as big as you like, can do all this stuff. And he had it in his mind that he could invent this, and he kept, he'd stay up two, three in the morning all the time working on it, working on it, working on it. And his wife would always tell him, why don't you just ask God about it and pray about it? And he's like, I've got it. Go to bed. I'm figuring it out. Send her to bed. I'm figuring it out. And he kept doing that, like for a long time, because it was in his head. He's this close, and he kept trying to work on it. And every, she'd keep telling him, why don't you just pray about it? He's like, I don't need to pray about it. I'm this close. Just leave me alone. Give me some peace. And so one day he comes to community groups. We were doing community groups back then, and he figured it out. It's done. The guy's making tons of money. I mean, tons of money now doing that. Sold the patents, sold the stuff. I mean, it's huge. And he's like, I got it. Well, how'd you get it? As well, it was about two in the morning one night. He said, I was so frustrated. I could just hear my wife saying, why don't you pray about it? And he said, I finally said, you know what? Screw it. I threw my stuff down. I said, Lord, if you want me to do this, you got to show me. Help me, because I can't get it. I went to bed. I laid down, put my head on my pillow closed my eyes, and immediately, boom, I saw it, the finish of it. And he's like, so I got up, I ran in, I drew it all out to see if it would work, did the math, or did it all, boom, there it was. So now for the rest of his life, his wife can always say, I told you so. I told you. I told you so. And every time anything happens in life, like misses a turn, you miss that turn. You know, kind of like when I used to tell you about praying about things and paying attention, and you didn't, and now you missed that turn, but maybe you should have all that stuff. <laughs> yes. Isn't that what happens, though? We want to do things on our own. It's my way. I can do it. I am trusting God because God gave me this ability, and I'm working with the ability. But there's something that happens when we open ourselves up, when we open the situation up, when we open our lives up, whether it's for parenting or it's for marriage or it's for being a kid. Man, it's hard to be a kid these days. Ain't like it was when I was a kid. Just get on your bike and go ride around the neighborhood. You know, they like that. There's all kinds of chaos going on for kids. And to do all that, but to be able to just trust the Lord and say, Lord, help me. How do we do this? And spend time with him in fellowship and in prayer and in walking with him. That God will open doors for you and give you the wisdom and the abilities. That's part of the work that the Holy Spirit does. Now, is that, is that fancy? Is that like, look at that? Not really. 
the Bible oftentimes compares the work of God in His kingdom and by His Spirit to planting, gardening, growing, all these things. You ever watched a plant grow? Is it exciting? Is it, look at it. Just watch it. Cammy wants to plant a garden with me. It's like, let's plant a garden above ground. Let's plant a garden. It'll be awesome. Let's do it. It's on my list. Perfect. I'm a master builder. That'll be no problem. So we are going to build this thing, and then what? I'm, we're going to get two chairs and set them right by the little planter, and we're just going to watch the dirt. And any of y'all are welcome to come join us. <laughs> what are you doing Friday? Watching dirt. Come on over. It's exciting. And you just wait and watch. Sometimes the most powerful things aren't things that look powerful, look amazing. They just are because they're constantly at work. They're growing. They're moving. That's how God often works. And so when we're looking at what is the Holy Spirit doing, where's the power of God? It's not always in the, now is it sometimes? Yes, but it's not always in the flesh. It's not always in somebody passing out and, and God's ministering to them. They're crying on the floor as he deals with their heart and their mind. That does happen sometimes. But the work of the Holy Spirit is more constant because he's always at work. He's always moving. It's deeper. It's where the roots of life are at, where our heart and our mind is at. He's working in us as we read the word and things are happening in there. And the entire walk of being a believer and following God and working through the things in life, that's a work of the Holy Spirit to bring about the life that he wants us to live and the person he wants us to become. And it's a constant. Well, if, if I just had the Holy Spirit to move on me, then my whole life would be changed. Your life is already changing. I've known some of you long enough to know, thank God your life's already been changing. And you've known me long enough, some of you. Thank God my life's already been changing. I'm not the same as I was two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. I'm changing because he's already working all the time in us. And the more that we listen and make ourselves available and open our heart and our life to him, the more that he works on that and helps us to change us, to make us more like him. That's why the Bible says that we change from glory to glory, right? It's this process that God's changing and moving in us and causing us to be different. I know most people in here, if I said, well, as you've been following the Lord and you've been walking and trying to pray, read your Bible, listen to Jesus, you know, follow the Spirit and just see where God's taking you. If you met yourself from five years ago, what kind of advice or counsel would you give yourself? Most of you would have something interesting to say to the five-year-old yourself. Well, five years ago, I'd have told myself, don't do that. It's a bad idea. Why? Because we're changing as God's working in us and moving in us. And so we got to trust that God is at work in our life and in our heart. Trust that he's at work in the lives of other people. And allow him more access to do that without so much pushing off and saying, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. I can do it. I can do it. And just allowing him to be at work in us. So let's bow our heads and pray. And the things that I'm gonna, just going to pray over us is listen to these four things. What God wants to do in your life through the work of the Holy Spirit is beyond your plans, it's beyond your ability, it's beyond your means, and it's beyond your understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean what? Not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. There's things that God wants to do in your life by his Spirit working in you and through you that are beyond your plans, beyond your ability, beyond your means, and beyond your understanding. All right, Father, I just pray right now, Lord, as we uh, 
close up here, God, that you will touch people's mind and heart, Lord, to open up their life, that every area, Lord, that they could really step into what you're calling them to do. God, Lord, I pray against fear and anxiety. Lord, I pray against, uh, Lord, stubbornness, Father, and against, uh, Lord, just pride and all the things that get in the way. God, I pray that people would be allowed to let that go. God, to bring freedom, God, that they can trust you. They can trust your Holy Spirit, Lord, that when you say that they are favored, Lord, that when you say, Lord, that you're going to do something in and through their life that's great, they can trust you enough, God, to step into it and to let go and to just follow you, God, in faith and obedience. Lord, I thank you for it, God, and I ask that you would uh, just bring, Lord, a, uh, a peace, Lord, a peace that surpasses understanding, Lord, to guard their heart and their mind in Christ Jesus. Lord, that there would be a peace, Lord, that as they surrender everything to you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will be at work in them and will be at work through them, Lord, to bring about all that you've called them to do. They don't have to have it all figured out. They don't have to have all the answers. Lord, they can just trust you step by step, moment by moment and to trust you to lead and to guide them by your spirit. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Awesome. Thanks for being here. We do have some food and stuff. If you want to go to the newcomers, uh, the newbie lunch, uh, come hit me up. I'll get you the address or text me if you got my number. We posted it on the screen today. And I'll make sure that you have the address and all that. And uh, we'll see you there. the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.